On this episode of the Pack It Up Pod, we talk about getting a tough win in the Big Easy. If you haven't already, hit subscribe on your podcast platform of choice and give us a follow on Instagram and Twitter at the Packers Pod. Welcome back to Rogers giving Lazard the rock like he was drug dealing. Zadarius stripping Taysom Hill so revealing that he's not a quarterback. Breeze got his wish that he didn't have to go in kneeling because Green Bay yeah. goes down to Nola win stealing on the Pack It Up Woo. Packers podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What of? Football game. Yeah, yeah that's so much fun to watch. That was prime time right there, boys. This is Ryan, joined as always by Josh and Dan. Hello, gents. Hey, hey, hey. Hey, hey, welcome back. 3-0, 3-0. So Packers, <laughs> 37, Saints, 30. If you look at the score sheet and all the stats and all the big plays, they're almost identical in so many different ways between Passing yards between the two quarterbacks, rushing yards between Alvin and Aaron, Lazard and Kamara going off for just about the same amount as well. What was your biggest woe moment from this game? Mm, biggest woe moment. I Mine mean, was uh, – go, go ahead, Finn. Go ahead. I, I think you just got to go with the – well – it's not you just got to go with because I'm not going to go with the MVP of the game and the game ball getter. My wow moment was the depth from the young guys on the defense that we saw. I We'll talk about it when we talk defense, but I'm actually confused why we saw some of these guys so much, but they held up and they played pretty well. Yeah, my surprise was how much pressure the Saints were getting on Aaron Rodgers, especially mm-hmm. early in the game. Um, Dang it. Yeah. That was one of my notes because I had called <laughs> that they would get no pressure, and I was like, I got to call myself out. They actually got a lot of pressure. Yeah, and they weren't even throwing into the blitzes very well either. Uh, I, I don't know if the wideouts or tight ends weren't recognizing that blitzes were coming from their sides or, you know, I, you know, I don't know what the plays were called or anything, but um, I, I thought we would succeed uh, into the blitz, and we did not. Uh, so that was a that was so, a negative most telling sign. <laughs> Yeah, and we're not going to really know, but Billy Turner got the start at right tackle over Rick Wagner. Were you guys surprised by that? 100%. Yeah, same here. And and what I mean by we're not going to know is we're not going to know if that was the difference, but I was surprised that Rick Wagner has held up. We hadn't given up a sack. We gave one up uh, today, yesterday, uh, against the Saints, but it was really a poor line call. And I think Rogers even said it was on him shifted everyone. Right. And then couldn't evade DeMario Davis coming from the left side, which I said he would come from the right side. So I had that wrong too, but I had the right guy coming to, to cause some pressure. Man, how much fun are DeMario Davis and Malcolm Jenkins to watch? They, they are the saints defense. It felt like. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, let's start right with the uh, Packers offense, saints defense. Uh, just, an astonishing game by Lazard, and I think it's very, very interesting and exciting that we have now are three weeks in, 
and you could say somebody new showed up every single week. Adams going off in week one, Jones going off in week two, Lazard going off in week three, Rogers playing about as as comfortably as he's ever looked. And I think the one thing that stood out for me this game is I always feel like Rogers tends to go to the sideline after a, a touchdown, and every single touchdown that he threw we was sprinting to the guy in the end zone. And it he's laughing. I just I've I've never seen him this kind of vocal slash kind of become this big of a character mid game. It was absolutely to see. But one last thing, tight end showed up, which we knew yeah. that they had to, hey, judging hey, hey, by hey. the pass. Tanyan, five catches and a touchdown. Mercedes Lewis, which he didn't push off. But to no, he did that not. Move. And then even Jace, three for three, uh, going for 36 yards. So what are we feeling about this offense who is absolutely trucking through week three? Right off of that, talk about Rodgers having a little more fun. He looks so sharp. But there were multiple times, both Jace getting his first catch and then Jace got either his second or his third. He took a big hit afterwards. And Rodgers was like laughing him and giving him some dap, giving him the, the knuckles. And then MVS also, they did a little hot route to him. Just the press, the coverage was 10 yards off. So he did a little like three yard out and the ball came in hot. So MVS had barely turned around, still made the catch. And you could tell MVS came back to the huddle sort of laughing, like barely saw that one or barely got that one. And Rodgers is laughing with him and knocks it up too. That To your point, Ryan, that's not the Rodgers we've seen in the last couple of years. I'm not saying he's MVP because there's this guy, Russell Wilson, doing some great things. But what we're seeing from Rodgers could take us far, putting up 35, 40 points a game. Uh, it's so much fun to watch. I mean, the play calls, the word that came to mind was diabolical. These, these counteractions they're running behind the line of scrimmage where the tight ends and wide, re- wide receivers are either pre-play or as soon as the play starts running behind our linemen is proving so hard to figure out for opposing defenses. It's just a joy to watch. And because they're all so fast, uh, they can pull it off. It doesn't matter who is there. Um, they will be open because they'll just be out running. They'll have a head start against the linebacker or, you know, whoever they're lining up against mismatch normally. Um, but yeah, great call out on that. But I wanted to bring up, you brought up Jenkins and Demario Davis. Wow. What a treat it was to watch them versus Aaron Rodgers. It was like a chess match. They each were outsmarting each other. They each had wins. They each had losses. Um, but Malcolm Jenkins is a genius in on defense. <laughs> I mean, he was everywhere. I mean, he was their leading tackler. It seemed like he was always around the play, even if we tried to go away from him. And then Demario Davis, I knew it would be hard to get around him and get mm-hmm. passing on him. But wow. Uh, I mean, Aaron Jones was pretty, they, they held him down. They held him down. I mean, he, they, he didn't get anything in the passing game. Um, he, he, he was pretty good in the running game and I'm surprised we didn't run a little bit more in the second half because we were having a little bit more success. Um, but like you said, this all comes down to Aaron Rodgers. I mean, it, it, the wide receivers <laughs> weren't really open. Alan Lazard's big catch, the 72-yarder, you know, he did that. But the other one was just a drop-in right where uh, only Lazard could what? get it. While rolling and, left. What yeah. a throw. Yeah, and it looked like he was fading back. It was like a fade-back jumper. It was just like, mm. what are you doing? But the old Aaron Rodgers is back, and he's the reason we won this game. Um, it was a treat to watch. Um, yeah, you know, we, we shared a stat going in uh, amongst us that the Saints had not allowed 
a 100-yard rusher in the last 40 games, 4-0. And we all joked that ends tonight, you know, won't get to 41. Here comes Aaron Jones. It's 41 games now. That defense is tough. It was impressive. And, you know, what's funny as 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 we're taking notes to record the podcast and as I'm, as I'm watching the game, I think can we all just say for a primetime matchup like that, to have Chris Collinsworth calling it, is just awesome. The guy sees everything in real time and calls such a good game with Al Michaels. But Chris Collinsworth, as a color commentator, is just my favorite. Like he he sees stuff that I'm just like, oh, yep, I was gonna bring that up on the pod, but he already got me. <laughs> so now it just sounds like we're copying everything he said. <laughs> yeah, he just brings up excellent stats too. I, I do I do find it funny. Twitter universe was going off on how much he loves Jenkins, but. The way he was playing, oh, it's like, yeah, why would you not? <laughs> yeah. yeah. But 122 points through three games, obviously a, a franchise record, which when you think about the length and longevity of the Packers history, it's absolutely incredible. And so I went through, we have had 27 drives so far this year, and I'm taking out uh, three or four drives that either end of the half, there was a few seconds left, or we were just kneeing it. So there was no chance that we were actually trying to score. We have scored points on 75% of our drives, and we have scored touchdowns on half. We lead the NFL on points per drive, uh, and we are the only team, and I'm saying that because Kansas City is the only one, but I something's going to happen on Monday night. Packers are the only team outside of Kansas City that have not given up an interception or a fumble. So... Not only are they putting up points, but they're doing it very, very cleanly. They're doing it with enormous efficiency. I, I just – I don't know how long it's going to last. I, we, we're going to have a day that it just doesn't mm-hmm. click, and especially if we're in and out of these injuries. But the stats that they're putting up is absolutely remarkable for the first three weeks. Ryan, do you want to uh, get in your statement about your boy Josiah? <laughs> I, <feel> like- <sighs> I miss him. I miss him so much, and – I. I, Isn't that so weird to hear? <laughs> it's well, it's well, it comes down to, and this is something that's carried over from last year, and it's my biggest gripe with this offense. And I, maybe you guys agree, maybe you don't. We have had, I would say, in the last year plus these three weeks, whew, maybe twenty plays inside the five, and I want to say that our success rate in terms of just getting a yard is is maybe. 20% of those, we've actually done something. We have Jamal, who is a man. We have Dylan, who is a a man with very large thighs. A young man. <laughs> yes. And then we have Aaron Jones, and I'm not discrediting Aaron Jones at all. And I know that there's an ability when he's in the backfield that you can also do you know, this play action, which we, kind of, we saw in the touchdown. But it just always seems like we don't put – this team in the right position to score when we're on the goal line that yes, if it's Jones, there has to be somebody back there with them or give it to a back that we feel strongly has a better chance, but it drives me crazy that it takes time after time after time. And if we don't get that pass interference, I don't know if we get a touchdown at that point. I just need to see a little bit more from the backfield decisions. If we are going to go for it on goal line, you know, you bring up a great point, and I, I even had this in my notes. I didn't think we won the assignment, you know, assignment battle, meaning like who we are assigning or trying to line up against, you know, um, having mismatches. 
Um, even on the running plays, we didn't have a lead blocker for a majority of the time when we were going for it on that goal line. Um, they were killing us up the middle. They were creating pressure wow. instantly. I mean, you know why we didn't have a lead blocker. You called it out. Love it as a lead blocker. Well, just yeah. needs just needs to go. We need somebody though. They need somebody. If you're gonna go for it on on fourth and one with Aaron Jones, you need somebody helping him out. He can't normally do it by himself if somebody meets him in the middle. So and 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 to talk about the mismatches, I I think we won with the tight ends. Um, but I was surprised MVS. I was surprised they covered him so much over the right. top. They never rolled over to Alan Lazard. And who's this more sound catcher? So wouldn't you let MVS like take the chance or the coin flip with MVS catching the ball instead of Alan Lazard, who can catch anything, really? Um, I was very surprised about that. I, I forgot about this. And for the listeners that don't know, MVS was getting the Devontae Adams special. He was getting the safety over the top to make sure he couldn't get deep. And he even tweeted out afterwards, getting that 1-7 coverage is tough or something to that effect. And, and Josh, you called it mid-game. You said they're putting the safety over MVS. Look for that to flip and watch MVS make a play in the second half. They never flipped it. So Lazard puts up six for 146 and a touchdown, two huge plays that changed the tie of the game. I don't get that either. You, the guys struggled with drops, and you want to double them the entire time? Like, At least make him prove it at some point in the game when the other weapons are proving it. And I'll throw Bobby Tanyan into that too. He he was showing that he can be reliable in the passing game. So why they didn't change that up, good for the Packers. Mm-hmm, for sure. I can't help but think that Sean Payne's like, we can't get burned deep. And, and then Al Lazard just goes deep. And you could <laughs> the, tell. The we talked about it. Like, yeah, we talked about in the preview. He's he's the best number three receiver in the game because while he does have hands, he doesn't have that breakaway speed. And you saw it on both those catches where – he just looked gassed. Like he was just like, please God, let well, me find him. He was looking, he was looking behind him. Don't look behind you, son. Look at the end zone. Son. Run. You calling him son. We're that old. <laughs> hey, hey, there were two things from Aaron Rodgers, and I think we're all ecstatic with the play calling. The play calling shines because Rodgers getting the ball out on time. Remember the second thing? Stop taking timeouts on offense. Stop driving the play clock down to zero. We didn't waste a timeout in this game nope. on offense, nope. and we almost did. We almost he did. Almost, yeah, I was going to bring that up. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the offside slash pass interference, which really – there were multiple game-changing, game-saving plays. This was just an awesome game to watch. Uh, but, yeah, they come back, and it looks like he's about to call a timeout. And then he – so that must be a Lindsley thing then, right? The center realizes they got a guy to jump, and he snaps the ball because Rodgers was not expecting that. Yeah, he had he had to see it out of the corner of his eye. That was beautiful. Hey, and one one last one last thing on offense. Mason Crosby, thank you for being a Packer. You are so consistent. Mm -hmm. We we needed those points. Yeah, and I wanted to. I I think we posted it on Twitter. I mean, we talk about the lineage of quarterbacks. How we've been so thankful to go from Favre to Rodgers without skipping a beat. The same can be said for this kicking game. Because if you look out, other than the the two years in between, we had Ryan Longwell and then Crosby, both guys that for their career over 82%. Wow. The fact that we can go 23 years with with kickers that other than these really bizarre, weird, crazy games you feel confident in, it's it's unbelievable. And I thought for his age, we'd start seeing less and less Crosby over 50 yards. 
he crushed that one yesterday. And then even the one I think from 45 they had with their stat track that it would have hit from like 54. And it's just like, man, I, I completely agree with you. And I think he's just this unsung hero of this team because mm-hmm. he's just been steady for so damn long. But That's a great point. Man, oh, man. So let's talk about this defense, which <laughs> I yes, think <laughs> let's talk about. there's a lot of ways we can take this. Where do you guys want to start? I just want to ask and to the listeners, we've had a, a long text thread today that at one point I think I just started tuning out because <laughs> we're diving into stats I've never heard of anymore. Are we bad at defense or are we just OK? <laughs> Open panel. Go ahead. I just think our stars aren't performing star-like right now. I think our we have a solid defense, and we are having some people step up that we probably didn't expect, it, especially in this game. Are um, we bad, or are we I, just okay? <laughs> I, I think we're just okay with if, – if we improve, I mean, there's just little things that they just need to tie up. You know, it, it's bad, bad assignments, bad – pre pre snap uh you know where you're lining up i mean it, it, there's just little things that i think they can fine tune to get to the good level where we were last year possibly even the great um but when you're not getting that disruption from both smith brothers like we were last year where they were just disrupting the de- offensive line um you know we're not seeing that this year so that create that creates a little bit more pressure on the corners and the safeties to make plays um which they did in the end of this game um, but yeah, when you don't see that disruption up front, th- there's going to be a, it's going to be a little harder. Yeah, yes. I, I was so angry and I, I said some very mean things in text messages about this defense. Um, <laughs> and then admitting that, and then after the game, I went into the woods and I tried to find the, the defensive spirit animal of this team <laughs> and it's a three legged bear. That it has some aggressive at it has some aggressiveness, but it, it's a little unstable right now. We knew coming into the season that our interior was just not where it needed to be, and so far we've been without Kenny Clark for two of the three. We've now are going to be without Kirksey for a few weeks. So right now we had talked about it the last episode. Right now Blake Martinez was a better Packer than Kirksey because for all his you know his negative, he played every single down. And it became very apparent that we're lost in that middle section that, not to forget, Martin is also done for, for the little bit of this start of the season. But Ty Summers was lost out there. He played really, really, really well, all things considered. Yeah. But they brought it up in the, the broadcast that he's not changing plays at the line. He's Here's the call, and they set up, and that's what they're going to run. And so we were definitely hum, you know hamstringed for that second half. But you take away an atrocious fourth quarter against the Vikings – and we went up against the best running back slash player in the entire NFL. And it just it happens. Uh, it's a play that probably should have stopped for two yards. And instead, it went for a 52-yard scramble that we'll be talking about for a long, long time. So if you think this is a top 10 defense, you need to get that out of your mind right now. We are going to live and die by the sword. We're going to make big plays. But we're also going to give up ginormous plays. This team's goal on defense should be, can we keep the opponent to around 24 points or less? Like, that's what it needs to be. And you need to accept that as a Packer fan of, we are not getting the Reggie Whites of the world back. We're not getting the Charles Woodsons of the world back. We are going to be a team that's going to give up yards, and we're going to pray to God we don't give up the points and hope that our offense continues to click at least the the tune of 30 or so points a game. 
You know, with that said, though, because Kamara was everything for the Saints, you know, 197 total yards, 118 of those yards came in the first half, though. And then in the second half, 52 yards, 52 yards of his total 79 came on one play. We call so, that the Ty Summers effect. Yeah. I mean, we shut him. <laughs> we really shut him down in the second half. Now, a little bit of it was bad play calling, um, I, I would say, on the Saints part. And we just executed tackling a lot better besides that one play. I mean, Ty Summers, uh, Oren Burks, um, uh, mm-hmm. who, who, uh, Sullivan, uh, he came up with a huge, a huge tackle. Um, Kiki with two sacks in the first half. I mean, there are just a bunch of guys that were given an opportunity. They were picked on, and when they were given the opportunity, they made a solid play. And, I mean, I love the adjustments they made at halftime. I couldn't believe how well Ty Summers called the defense in the second half. I don't know if somebody was helping him, but I thought we did a solid job in the second half. There's there's so much I can talk about with this defense, and I'll I'll just start with the analogy I, I'm looking to make is that watching the Packer defense, and it spreads across the majority of the NFL, but watching this Packer defense, I think the mindset you got to take into it this year specifically is as if you're watching an NBA game. So when Rodgers is on the field, you're watching an NFL game. Enjoy it like you normally would. When the Packers defense is on the field, just think NBA. Just think back and forth. There's going to be buckets everywhere. It's, there's going to be points. It's just a matter of locking down and making that key play in the crucial moments. And it's really going to boil down to whether you made that play or you didn't make that play. And I, I think that sums up the NFL fairly well, but it definitely sums up the Packers defense. We're not going to be holding teams to seven points. We're not going to have you know six sack performances with three interceptions and just be dominant. We're going to give up yards. We're going to give up points. But as long as Rodgers can put up more than the other team, we come out victorious, right? So with that said, I want to call out a couple points. One, Josh's point, you know, essentially there's been a few times where we're saying maybe Mike Pettin isn't the right D coordinator for this team. There was a point where we were trying to use Oren Burks to hold the edge. And I think you couldn't summarize anything in a, in a better fashion of why is Oren Burks our edge setter? Because for two or three plays in a row, all the Saints did was run at Oren Burks and picked up like 8 to 12 yards per carry while doing that. They had multiple third and shorts where our corners were 10 yards off. The good news is these are fixable adjustments. The bad news is why the heck is it happening? It's not like it's a new defensive coordinator. It's, yeah. it's a young it's a young defense shifting in new guys, figuring some things out. So we're not in their heads and able to understand that. But at a certain point, I know Rashawn Gary hurt his ankle a little bit, but why is Oren Burks trying to hold the edge in the run? Yeah. And, and on the first uh, Kamara touchdown, the pass over the middle, Chris Barnes was lined up over him, man on man. Like, what well, are you doing? So that was another point I had. Essentially they're gouging us in the run game early. So Patton's like, well, throw back in Chris Barnes. Cause he's, He's proven that he's so effective in the run game. He had 17 snaps and nine total tackles. This guy's a machine when he's on the field, but they know that you can't trust him in the pass game. Well, so yeah, he should have had so they, inside help or something. Like, well, so they, somebody. So they they pull him in because we're getting gouged in the run game. And then the Saints in this chess match we're talking about just so easily are like, fine, <laughs> we're just going to take our running back like like the Packers would with Aaron Jones. Is they were just going to have a running back run a pass route. Boom, easy six. 
with that said, I, I think we're we're seeing a lot of signs from Chris Barnes that he can be a nice player. We got these yeah. late drafts that are playing well. Jonathan Garvin, you know, no splash plays. You know, I'm not going to tout him as like a future Pro Bowl or anything, but for a seventh round pick to be on the field for 13 snaps, 16 snaps, somewhere around there, and hold his own. I mean, how many teams have had two seventh round draft picks hold their own in the first three weeks? It, that that sort of depth is going to prove valuable in any NFL season, much mm-hmm. less one that's got COVID involved around it. So with that, with that, Ryan, you brought up two more points. Ty Summers not making calls. There was a Ram call by Drew Brees. And if anyone doesn't know, Ram is just a simple way to tell your offensive line, pass blocking, shift to the right. So Ram, Ram, you hear it on TV. He's shifting his blocking to the right because he sees blitzers coming from the defensive left, the offensive right. We still send our blitz right into our right into his protection, and they pick up a huge play. That's something that I believe a vet like Kirksey either flips the blitz or calls it off. At, at worst, just call it off, right? They they picked it up. You showed it too early. Call it off. Summers wasn't doing that yet. So. Mm-hmm. That's something that's got to be corrected or at least minimized because we're facing another good quarterback next week in Matt Ryan. The other part, our tackling sucks, and I'm just going to say it. It started with Will Redmond, and it, if he's going to tackle like that, uh, Raven Green, where are you? Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't uh, take him out earlier because he was struggling in the first half. Uh, also and then continue to struggle um i mean their tackling sounded up on the last two drives the saints had right uh, but yeah before that it was pretty rough but i want to yeah, say they, they came back on that last drive and made a huge stand i mean mm-hmm. i went off on the negatives right there so i'll pull back they came through when we needed it for sure yeah when, when we needed it they made the plays like z smith i mean he played awful all game i mean watch that first half he was mm. just getting eaten alive by that offensive line um, and then he made a play when it counts. So, you know, I'll shut my mouth because you you make a play when it counts. You get the ball when we need it most. Um, that's all we ask of you. Right. Um, also, the safeties, uh, they haven't been playing great this first, you know, the first two weeks. Um, they really didn't have to worry about the deep ball this game. So they were very close. The majority of the game. Savage had some amazing run blitzes um, mm-hmm. that were timed perfectly. Um, so it, it was fun to see what Amos was doing coverage wise, man on man, a lot, um, some good, some bad. Um, but it was good to see them get a lot of action. They, cause they didn't really see a ton of action the first two weeks other than getting overthrown. Um, so yeah. Yeah. Ryan, Ryan, you called this out on the Zadarius piece. So he was getting washed up in the run game and, and albeit he gets a lot of attention, but it just felt like he wasn't fighting with that high motor that we expect of him. But that holding penalty right before half, I mean, oh. talk about talk about a way that the Packers could have had this game sealed by the middle of the third quarter. It, right, it, I'll just set the scene. It's 13-10 Packers. Uh, Montrevious Adams had just made a swing move on a halfback draw to make his first tackle of his lifetime, as far as I'm aware. And then Zadarius gets this holding on a pass play on third and 15, something like that. So it would have been a punt to the Packers, minute and a half left. And the potential for one of these like 7, 10, 14 point swings where you get a minute and a half before halftime and then you get the ball after halftime, this game could have easily been, you know, 20 something to 10 Packers. Instead, the Saints get to continue their drive and just get that dagger touchdown to Emmanuel Sanders. That one penalty by Zadarius, I mean, that, this game could have been over a lot earlier. 
No, and he uh, I don't know if he's he's bothered by something. I know that coming into the season, um he sat out a few of the the early practices with something, but I I just get this feeling that his motor was humming last year. That every single play you're just like this guy's a beast. And so far this season you just see these these spans of time where it almost looks like he's at 75% speed. And he caught he's caught in this dead man zone of he's not ever going to get into the backfield and he's not dropping back into cover. So he's just kind of he's moving forward, but it by no means looks like he's in this aggressive shape. I don't know what quite to make of it. And I don't know if it's just we're so weak that we're trying to move the Smiths around and they just can't get in the groove. But I hope my my hope of all hopes is we either a. We get either inside linebacker help or somebody like a Snacks Harrison that the name we keep throwing out there. At some point in time, this this group knock on wood is going to be healthy again. And with Kenny Clark, if Kiki can start showing up, if all of a sudden Ty Summers, we get Martin back. The secondary, I, I think, had moments where yeah. they look slow, but moments where Jair Alexander, other than that Kamara play, is a tackling machine. I love mm-hmm. watching him tackle. That at some point, maybe it's somewhere around that week eight time frame, we are now – starters are starting to play well. We now have backups that have multiple snaps, and even some third stringers are like, oh, yeah, Ty Summers shouldn't probably be in there. But guess what? He now has half a game experience. So, Against Drew Brees. Yeah, and so right. I, that's where even as bad as our defense seems, we are middle of the pack in just about every statistical category. That I mean, if things go a little differently, we're even, we're we're probably around that 14 spot. You know what? That'll do. We won the game, and our offense is doing well. Uh, last year was the exact opposite, where our defense was going crazy, and we couldn't get the offense going. We were scoring 10 points and going, "Oh crap, are we screwed?" It's the reverse, and we just got to deal with it. And that's sports in general. But I'm very very interested to see about what they do against this Falcons team that. Looks yeah. so good for three and a half quarters. 50 50? 50 Amazing. <laughs> Is Nick Foles available? He seems to be the Falcon. Uh, well, and, and stop dropping Preston Smith into coverage. Please. Oh, please. Please. Just Thank line you. the man up on the line. You know, the other one, the other beef I have, and I'm just going to throw this out there now instead of waiting for our preview against the Falcons. We are right on Raven Green in the preseason being overhyped. And maybe we talked about him a little too much. Now, listen here, everybody. Tyler Irvin was talked about way too much. And if anyone wants to challenge me, I would just like you to go find the last time he made someone miss a tackle. The guy's a weapon because he's got some speed and we're getting him the ball occasionally. I've yet to see him make someone miss a tackle. So until he does that, let's stop hyping him up. The way I view him. The way I view him is sort of like a palm piece. They sort of have him on the field at the same time with Aaron Jones, and they're running him like Aaron Jones would to see what would happen. That's what I that's yeah, how no. I've sort of come to and, view it now. And that's great, but defenses as they get filmed to scout us are gonna Bill start knows. saying they're gonna start saying, We don't care about Tyler Irvin. Try to beat us with him. We don't care. We're gonna queue up on the guys that have actually made plays. So well, that's when he makes his big play then. Maybe. So call me out on it when it happens. I just don't see it right now. But anyways, I'll do, <laughs> do it for this episode. We are three and oh with one more game before the bye, which when we first started the season, I was like, my God, I hate early buys. Now it's like, please, please. Yeah. Or yeah, let we can us use it. Go into that bye. <laughs>
So until our Falcons preview dropping at the end of this week, that will do it. Thanks, everybody. Go, Pat, go. Go, Pat, go.